Welcome to the Sidious Mac Podcast. I'm your host, Chris Chavez. The Sidious Mac Podcast is presented by Final Surge. No matter if you're an athlete or a coach, Final Surge helps plan and attain both short and long-term training success. Their free online training log is compatible with Garmin, Strava, Polar, Stride, Koros, and a slew of other apps and devices. If you're a coach, Final Surge makes planning and analyzing workouts simple and helps streamline communication with you and your athletes. Some of the top coaches in the world who have been guests on this podcast use it on a daily basis. If you're an athlete out there who's hammering miles and tempo runs solo with no guidance or direction, well, Final Surge is also here to offer up some world-class training programs. Get yourself a training plan for that spring 5K, that half marathon or full marathon that's on your calendar right now. They've got plans from Ben Rosario and NAZ Elite. Drew Hunter and Christine Thorne and the Tin Man Squad have their hammer and axe plans. You can always hit the classics with Greg McMillan or Boston Marathon champion Ambie Burfoot. And if you are a fan of the sport and are curious how the pros are training, Helen Taylor, Stephanie Bruce, and the rest of the NAZ Elite Squad share all of their training logs on Final Surge. Give it all a look at FinalSurge.com. Sidious Mag listeners can get 10% off their purchases by using code Sidious at checkout. So check it out today. Support for this episode also comes from listeners like you. Many thanks to everyone who has backed us on Patreon. Brett Averett is a true MVP by upping his monthly contribution. If you enjoy what we're doing across the City Smack Podcast Network, whether it's this show, Run Your Mouth, More Than Running, or if you just follow us to keep up with the latest news and happenings in the sport, support us over at patreon.com slash Mag. On Patreon, you can donate anything from a dollar a month, and we even have some people who contribute $20 a month or $30 a month. For those of you who are unable to commit to a monthly contribution, you can also make a one-time donation by sending any dollar amount over to Sidious Mag on Venmo. Feel free to include any message to let us know why. It could be because you enjoy the conversations, maybe we're keeping you company on a run or commute, or if you just want to shout out a friend, teammate, coach, or family member who really loves the show. Consider Venmo like a virtual tip jar. So thanks to Neil Carnahan this week who threw us a couple bucks and said great pods recently. Shelby Foster contributed and said thank you for some super inspiring words from Dina Castor. Great timing at the end of my Boston buildup. Get ready because Boston's just around the corner, so keep up the great work. And last thing before we get to the interview, I'm always grateful for the listeners who leave a little five-star review on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. We just surpassed more than 300 episodes of the show, and we have over 1,000 reviews on Apple Podcasts. Let's up the reviews on Spotify. Your reviews and ratings help new people discover the show and let future sponsors know what you think. So thanks to people who shared the show on social media as well. I'm grateful for all that you guys do to get the word out. This is one of three episodes in our On the Rise miniseries in partnership with New Balance. A few weeks ago at New Balance Nationals Indoor, we got the chance to sit down and get to know three of the girls who are rewriting the record books and raising the bar on the U.S. high school distance running scene. Mac Fleet put together a nice video on our YouTube channel showcasing them and their friendship. You can check it out now on the Sidious Mag YouTube channel. We're dropping these three full interviews, Netflix style, all in one day for you guys to enjoy and learn more about who they are, what their backgrounds are like, and what excites them about their potential. So keep your eyes locked on some more details from New Balance Nationals as they just announced. The outdoor edition will be held at the University of Pennsylvania's historic Franklin Field from June 16th to 19th this summer. In this episode, we speak with Roisin Willis. She is a senior at Stevens Point Area High School in Wisconsin. That's the same high school that produced track and field greats like Chris Alinsky and Susie Favor Hamilton. Roisin is already one of the next big stars because last year she qualified for the U.S. Olympic trials in the 800 meters when she ran two flat point 78 at the Trials of Miles New York City meet. And then she ended up reaching the semifinals in Eugene. The fast times continued this indoor season as she ran two flat point 06 to break the high school girls' indoor 800-meter record. The previous record was 
201.78 set in 2017 by Sammy Watson. Roshin capped her indoor season with a win in the 800 at New Balance Nationals, and next year she's taking her talents to Stanford, so there's plenty of excitement about that. So without further ado, here is Roshin Willis. Committed to Stanford. Yes. <laughs> so let's start there. Committed to Stanford. How'd you go about this decision? I guess it's been a while since you made that decision, mm-hmm. and now uh, you're coming up on your last couple of months of high school. Yeah, the recruiting process definitely was really long and um, considered a lot of schools, but at the end of the day, Stanford just fit everything I was looking for. 800-meter-specific um, coach, like the team, um, just a super great fit, so I'm really excited. So we're here in New York City this weekend for New Balance Nationals. Uh, What's it like for you, I guess, to be at a meet like this? Yeah, so three years ago, this was my first big high school meet. So to come back here just kind of like um, with like a national record and all these different accomplishments, it's just surreal to be back. Um, I feel like I was just like a timid little freshman. (laughs) So um, just it's this is a great meet. So I'm just super excited to be back. Can you remind the people what happened at this meet three years ago? <laughs> so um, I beat a thing Mo um, and won the 800 here three years ago. So that was definitely a big breakthrough <laughs> in my high school career. So it was really exciting. What's that been like for you to watch a thing Mo kind of just take it to even the next level, but not just like thriving as a pro, mm-hmm. but winning the Olympic gold medal? Yeah, it's just super inspirational to see someone like she's just paving the way for American middle distance running. So she's been super inspiring to all of us, you know, in high school. Um, and it's just super great to see her out there um, beating everybody in the world. So <laughs> so with someone like a thing, Mo, like what is sort of your relationship like with her? Because she was a couple years older, uh, but you still you know, follow each other probably on Instagram and, and stay in touch you know, through messages here and there. So what's that relationship like? Yeah, I mean, I've talked to her a couple times and um, just been super supportive of her and all she's accomplished. And, um, you know, we're not like best friends, but we know each other. And so um, whenever I see her, I just give her like say hi and um, just super excited for her and all that she's accomplished. So when we look at the state of U.S. high school girls running right now. It does feel really awesome that you're one of the stars, but you're not just doing this mm-hmm. alone. Like every couple of years, there's a big, you know, high school girl that comes along, and sometimes she's just like one on her own. This time around, like you've had, you know, Sophia and you've had Juliet pushing you over the past couple years. I would say mm-hmm. uh, you guys are not afraid to race each other. What's that like? I guess having company in being some of the best high school girls right now. I think it just elevates all of us. Like, I think that's why we're running so well. And we've just all pushed each other to be the best. And we've like, we realized that none, none of us is just gonna be the one star. We're all gonna share this together. So I think that's what makes it really special. Um, and they've just pushed me to be, you know, a better athlete. And so I'm just glad that we're all willing to race each other all the time and push each other and, um, you know, break the limits of, you know, high school running. In the Instagram post that you had right after the Boston race, the phrase you used was iron sharpens iron. <laughs> so what made you choose that that saying and how would you sort of like, uh, you know, define that? 
Yeah, I think iron sharpens iron. It's like, you know, I'm surrounded by someone who's just as good as me or better than me, depending on the day. So um, we've just pushed each other to be better. And so, yeah, I just thought that was the best quote because, like, you know, no matter who wins, I still think that it was a team effort of us, like, how fast we run. So um, I also just want to, like, you know, give Sophia, like, the, where, credit is, where credit is due because she's just an incredible athlete. And she's also a year younger than me. So what she's accomplishing is just absolutely incredible. You a little scared that she has the extra year to maybe try and break your record? <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think she's going to be running really fast this year. It's crazy that she's only a junior and she's already running too flat um, in her indoor season. So I'm just super excited for her and that she's got another year to, you know, break those records. Can you take us through that magical day, February 11th, Boston University? From the moment you woke up, was there a little bit of a feeling like this could be a special day? Actually, it was the opposite. <laughs> I did not think it was the day at all. I was, like, even warming up, I was like, it's just not happening. Like, because I knew that that national record, like, that was kind of the first day I was going to go after it, um, just because, you know, Boston's a place where you kind of just chase times. And I knew I was capable of it in training, but I really wasn't feeling all that great. And I just didn't think I had it in me that day. So <laughs> when I crossed the finish line, it was just, like, a complete shock. I was like, how did that even happen? <laughs> Still, you were the one who went to the front and, and pushed it. So what made you make that decision? Because that ultimately is what kind of did put the race and make the race so fast. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so I had Milrose about two weeks before. And Milrose was very tactical and got a lot, of, a lot of boxing in. And so I just wanted to run free at Boston and not let anyone box me in or I wanted to control the race basically so that was my plan and it was just a matter of who was gonna you know run with me and what the other women were gonna do so I just kind of had my plan and stuck to it so yeah. who draws up that plan is it a conversation between your parents and, and, and your coach or uh, how does that all come together I would say it's me um, but we're also like always on the same page like after Milrose I kind of was like I want to go after an 800 like I just want to run see what I can do time wise competitive races are fun but sometimes you don't really get to run exactly how you wanted to because there's all these different people in the race um, dictating the pace so I just said I just want to go out in 58 and see what happens and they were on the exact same page with record-breaking performances I feel like sometimes the bigger stages unless it's like an Olympics can sometimes be like a lot of pressure on the athletes to try and like perform and so sometimes yes you go to a Milleros games and you're racing against you know professional athletes and you, you get to see you know other top stars but it's sort of like it's a big moment to try and step up to, to the occasion and with BU it's like a lot of a lot less pressure. Mm -hmm. Just kind of just go out there and run as fast as you can. Where there weren't that many people there who were there as fans, and like mm -hmm. it was, you guys were the first race of the day. The setting was super low key. Did that help? And how do you sort of manage a little bit of the nerves that come with bigger stages? Yeah, Boston was definitely very relaxed. Like they kind of just threw us on the start line and um, started us. So it was definitely very relaxed, but kind of rushed at the same time. And then Milrose, like walking into the armory, and it's just like so loud, and the energy in there is just insane. And I definitely did um, get a bit nervous for Milrose because just with COVID, you didn't have a lot of big, exciting races like that. So that was kind of my first big one. Um, but I think at the end of the day, like, I just truly love to run. So if I can just kind of calm my nerves and just like focus on what's most important, it's all that matters. You met, you brought up COVID and that was a 
period of time where you took a bit of a break from from running what what was that period like because i think for a lot of people there was just so much uncertainty it's like i don't know when my next race is going to be i don't know how hard i should be training right now i don't know when this is going to end so how did you handle all that um it definitely was a bit of a struggle like when um like april 2020 i had this mentality like i'm gonna train i'm just gonna like elevate myself like i'm gonna become so good and i could not maintain that like I really like to race and so um, I could not train for that long without a goal and so by July and August like I kind of just had to step away from running because I just couldn't go that long with training with no goal and I was just losing motivation um, and then you know I kind of did some cross training for a while and just kind of like put running on the back burner like there was no races I could just kind of take a break um, and then I kind of started training in November, um, but I really wasn't doing anything much better than I had the year before. Like I wasn't, like I had this goal that I was just gonna become this better athlete and I really didn't. Like I was kind of at the same place, but I was just happy that I was training consistently. Um, and mentally, I think I did improve over that time, but I definitely struggled a little bit at first just with motivation. Um, but it, 2021 was so great getting back to racing even though the races had no crowds but um, it was just super fun to get back last year. When did you really kind of realize that maybe in the span of 2020 things were it was hard but there were was probably little pockets of improvement that you were making and you, you maybe didn't realize and then it all comes together in 2021 what do you think really led to that big breakthrough last year? I think I was like mentally, I got through a lot in 2020. And I think the best thing I did in 2021 was put myself on the start line. Um, like I went to these races and even though I wasn't in the first couple ones, I wasn't the best one on the line and I lost a lot of races and there were some ups and downs, but I kept putting myself on that line until I finally saw improvement. So I think that was the best thing for me. And physically it took a while to get up to speed, but um, mentally, I think I was just a lot stronger than I was um, before COVID. A quick break now to tell you about our new sponsor, Therabody. This is a partnership I've been waiting for for a very long time. Calling all you athletes and weekend warriors out there, are you looking to cut down on hours of rest and recovery as you push for that next level? Recharge your legs like the pros with Therabody's revolutionary new Recovery Air Jet Boots. Recovery Air Jet Boots are the world's most advanced pneumatic compression system ever created. For years, runners, bikers, and everyone who spends hours on their feet have had to suffer through leg pains and aches after a long, hard day. Clinically proven treatments like compression boots that pro athletes use have always been out of reach. Recovery Air is a groundbreaking pressure massage for everybody, anywhere. With Therabody's exclusive fast flush technology, Recovery Air flushes out metabolic waste more fully and brings back fresh blood to your legs at three times the speed of competitors. Faster cycles mean faster recovery, so you don't have to wait for the legs to be feeling great. Not just good, great. Therabody's Recovery Air Jet Boots are the first of its kind. They're truly wireless for anywhere on the go recovery, boosting circulation and radically reducing muscle soreness. And thanks to Recovery Air's super intuitive, easy to use one touch controls, recovering faster is a breeze. I took about a three month break from running. So now that I'm getting back into the routine, I wanna make sure that I'm able to tackle that next day's run feeling strong and recovered. So I simply just kick back at the end of my day, turn on some reality TV and just sit there in my jet boots so I'm not feeling that last run or workout the next time I get out the door. If that's not enough to convince you, maybe it's the fact that more than 250 professional sports teams exclusively use their body products and they're trusted by world-class athletes like NBA All-Star Paul George, superstar footballer Trent Alexander-Arnold, and champion golfer Colin Morikawa. So sit back, relax, and recover. 
Go to therabody.com slash Sidious to get your Therabody recovery air today, starting at $690 or as low as $59 a month with the firm. Plus, recovery air's 60-day money-back guarantee and free shipping is included, so there's no risk. Again, that's therabody.com slash Sidious. Check them out today so you can get your legs feeling great. Not just good, great. What's that like, I guess, when you go into some of these races, you're probably the youngest person in the field, and you look and it's like Ajay Wilson mm. to your left and other like world championship qualifiers to, to your right, and you kind of in your head already know that like, I might not win this race, mm-hmm. but I could still make it really good. How do you approach races when you're up against pros? Honestly, I think it's a lot easier because I have nothing to lose and they're not really watching out for me. You know, I can just surprise them and if maybe, but um, I can just, you know, go in there and try to put myself in there. And if I don't place that well, like who cares? No one's expecting me to. So um, I find them kind of fun. Um, I can just see what I can do and to have women that are so much better than me. Sometimes it's a little bit difficult, but um, it's pretty fun though. Do you still get nervous before high school races? Oh, all the time. <laughs> Honestly, those are more intense because I feel like there's more pressure um, to you know, win the races and break records. And um, it depends what kind of high school meet. You know, some of my smaller school meets, I kind of just go out there for fun. But um, these big high school invitationals are quite intense, I think. Well, I asked this to Sophia yesterday, but what do you think is... Sophia's biggest strength and then also Juliet's biggest strength as a runner? I think Sophia has a great kick. Um, I think that she's just like, well she's outkicked me multiple times, but um, I think that she's like able to come from so far behind and just outkick people and it's just unbelievable to watch. And I think Juliet, um, I think unlike me and Sophia, she has like a strength in like the middle part of the race that we don't have. Um, like for me personally, I go out really fast and I die the third 200, <laughs> but Juliet just keeps going. And so I think she has kind of this more endurance and strength that um, me and Sophia don't have. Are you excited to be teammates with Juliet? I'm very excited. <laughs> uh, was, was there behind the scenes sort of talk or like how, how have those conversations gone about like, hey, like, you know, right now we're facing off against each other, but next year, like, we could be, you know, on the same relay team together, mm-hmm. trying to go after some records. How, how has that been? Yeah, I mean, we're really great friends. And um, I think the recruiting process, we didn't really, like, talk through it because I, I can't pressure her to come to a university. I committed first, and then Juliet was kind of between two schools. Um, but I was so excited when she came, and I think um, we're just going to bring out the best in each other. And um, what I like most about a relationship is we're just really supportive, and I'm super excited to see what she does this weekend. And um, I just think we bring out the best in each other. What I love hearing is how the three of you come from various different setups and training and like, you know, it, in some cases they are like Sophia's training with her, her sisters. You get, you, you know, some people can train with uh, the boys team because that's the only people mm-hmm. around who can, who they can keep up with. And so can you peel back the curtain for us a little bit as to what is your training setup like at, uh, out back in Wisconsin and like how, how you go about, you know, the week, who's, who are you running with? Like, what's that, that, that setup like? Um, well, it kind of changes from each season, but um, this fall and this whole indoor season, I've been completely by myself. Um, the indoor season is probably the toughest because the weather's the worst. So I'm on the treadmill probably five, six days a week. Um, sometimes I'll do like a workout on the indoor track, but those have been pretty rare this year. So it's mostly on the treadmill by myself. Um, and then 
you know, after this race, once the weather gets better, I'll be with my high school team. Um, but still, most of my workouts are completely by myself. There's, I don't really run it with anyone. Not that like I can't, it's, or not that I'm not willing to, it's just there's not a great option for that. And um, our programs aren't combined, so I don't run with boys. So it's just me most of the time. But I do have my high school teammates that are at the track sometimes, so that's fun. Is that hard when you're having to do a workout solo? Yeah, <laughs> I mean, sometimes I've, um, I got this new watch and I can um, plug my AirPods, like connect them. So I rely on music a lot. So I pretty much have music in for all my workouts. So that kind of gets me through. But I'm definitely really excited for college next year. Just have some teammates. Drop the playlist. What's on this workout playlist? It depends, but I... Okay, I do like rap, um, especially if I'm doing like speed stuff and like lifting. I feel like rap is the best, um, but I don't know. I'll listen to anything, just not country. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, you, you brought up having to be out in Wisconsin, and I went to Marquette University, so like I know what mm -hmm. a Milwaukee winter is like, mm -hmm. especially with the lake effect. And uh, how bad has it been this, this winter? Um, not great. I, I mean, I definitely do miss running outside. I've gotten like maybe two or three runs where I've gone outside, but it is really hard being stuck in on the treadmill all the time. And I don't like the cold. I don't handle it well. Like it has to be above 40 or I just freeze. So for someone who lives in a really cold state, it's not ideal, but um, it's been okay. The weather's getting better. Spring is coming. So hopefully the snow will melt and I can go outside. And you get to look forward to California next year. I know. I'm very excited. <laughs> <laughs> um, what is up at Stevens Point where it's Chris Zielinski, uh Susie Faber Hamilton? You're the next, you know, big star coming out of there. It's not a big city whatsoever, right? And mm -hmm. so, like, why has it got, you know, such a rich track history? I'm not sure. I mean, we're all coached by different coaches, all mm -hmm. three of us. Um, I mean, there is nice running trails there. I don't know, but um, I do, we do kind of have a running community in Stevens Point. Um, but I think it's just, I think people from small towns seem to always do really well. Um, there's just like kind of a culture that I feel like prepares you um, for, you know, big running. Were you big kind of like high school, like Wisconsin high school track like fan? Like have t people told you like, hey, you know, the Molly Seidel days and that, mm -hmm. like some of that history behind the scenes from, from years ago. Like have you, I guess because when you look at those all timeless, you mm -hmm. see those names. Yeah, I mean, I definitely was aware of Molly Seidel and like, I'm definitely very impressed by the stuff she did on the distance side. I mean, I was, she was like winning these state titles in cross country, which I never did. But um, yeah, it's definitely like really inspiring to see people who were really good in high school and then now seeing like Molly Seidel getting third in the Olympics, like that was just totally awesome. So it's just really inspiring. So your, your parents also coach you. What's that sort of like in terms of having them wear two hats, parent and also coach? I think we keep a really good separation. Um, I mean, my mom's kind of the one behind the scenes, like crafting all the workouts, and then my dad's kind of the one who's there with me at the track, goes to all my races and helps me through all that. Um, but I think we are all on the same page really well with like workouts and we're not, um, like we're intense about it, but also not. Like we don't talk about it at dinner all the time and it's not running all the time. And I think I have a really good relationship with them outside running, but it's also nice to like live with your coaches because they can see how you're feeling physically. Like, or if like, if I'm getting sick, they know like, okay, back off the workouts this week. So, and it's emotionally, it's also nice because they can see how I'm doing and if I need to adjust the workouts based on how I'm feeling. So, uh, 
Kyle uh, Merber, who's uh, kind of our colleague here, he's his wife is from Ireland. He obviously loves Irish track, track and field. He's he, he told me to ask why the decision to run at the U.S. trials and not for Ireland. Yeah, I mean, my mom ran for Ireland, mm -hmm. but I mean, I was born in the U.S. and I haven't been to Ireland in like. 12 years mm -hmm. so it's been a while I don't have a lot of ties with the country and plus I kind of grew up with the USATF system like I did all the junior Olympic meets like I grew up on that system and so I feel like it was only right to go with like I'm like a US citizen so um, I think that was my decision and my mom had you know she grew up in Ireland um, has like a lot of family there and so I think it made more sense for her to run for Ireland but for me I just it would kind of just be like me running for a country that I'm not tied to mm -hmm. just to make like a team. But I know the U.S. is harder, but it is my country, so um, I'm going to run for them. <laughs> You're up for the challenge. I love that. So what was the Olympic trials experience like for you? Um, it was fairly positive for me. I mean, I didn't. I thought it was kind of fun and exciting, um, but definitely the racing part of it was pretty challenging. You know, I really tried to put myself out there, but physically, I just don't think I was quite there. Um, I just didn't have the strength on that second lap, lap to keep going. Um, but I'm hoping with like a little bit more training when I come back to one of those big championships, I can hold on for a little longer. <laughs> yeah, when especially like an Olympic team is on the line. It, at a stage like the Olympic trials, you kind of do get the feel sometimes when, when you're kicking mm -hmm. and they're kicking, there's a difference between the high schooler and the yeah. pros. Mm -hmm. What was that like when they shifted gears and you were just like, oh my gosh. <laughs> yeah, this, this definitely showed in the semifinal because I went through the 400 and usually I go through 400 and I feel completely comfortable, but I felt like I was like already like spent and then they just go by me and I'm just trying as hard as I can. Um, but it's just weird like when you're giving everything you have and they're still like way in front of you um, but also you know there's a lot more like they're a, lot, a couple years older a lot more mature so um, definitely just need a little bit more training and a little bit more experience for that. next Olympic trials isn't too far away and then beyond that like the 2028 Olympics being here like on US soil has definitely got to be somewhat of a dream down the line for you I guess is it great like when did it stop being crazy to start to dream about the Olympics <laughs> I don't know. I mean, having this Olympic trials year was definitely crazy. Like having the opportunity to compete at the Olympic trials. And even though I wasn't, I don't think I, I definitely wasn't there this year for, to make that team, but um, to have like technically the opportunity to try um, was really cool. And I think it's always been a goal of mine since I was really young. Like my mom did it for Ireland. So um, to make an Olympic team would just be an absolute dream. Did you grow up hearing stories about the Olympics and, and somewhat of like her professional career? Um, a little bit. I mean, she'll drop little things here and there, but I feel like I still really don't know it. Um, but she kind of had like a tough pro career, and so it's really inspiring to see what she went through and all that happened to her to make that um, Sydney 2000 team. So, um, but yeah, we don't talk about it too much, but sometimes it is, it's interesting to see um, what she has to say. Is there any point of her that has also been curious, like so many of us wondering, is like, why is everyone running so fast? These new tracks, these new spikes, like the technological and the, the advances have been crazy. Yeah, I mean, she's, I mean, she never really says anything like that too much. I just think the training is so much better and people have learned a lot. Um, even with her, like she thinks there was things in her training that she could have run a lot faster. Um, but people just know more now and like over the years over trial and error, you learn what works and what doesn't. Um, but I think, yeah, I think she's just 
really inspired to see how fast people are running these days. Friends, more than 100,000 tickets have already been sold for this summer's World Athletics Championships in Eugene, Oregon. Some sessions have totally sold out. Do not miss out. Buy your tickets today to see the world's best athletes in action at the first ever World Outdoor Championships being held on U.S. soil. You can get your tickets by visiting worldchampsoregon22.com slash tickets. The championships will be July 15th to 24th. It's going to be here before we know it, so act soon. It's going to be epic. With the World Indoor Championships now in the rearview mirror, Oregon 22 has also just launched its Next Stop Oregon campaign, and over the next few weeks, they will be highlighting the inspirational tales of athletes from the U.S. as they get ready to compete for some medals this summer. They kick things off with a behind-the-scenes video with hurdler Devin Allen, so stay tuned for more features from them. Get all your information on Worlds by visiting worldchampsoregon22.com. That's worldchampsoregon22.com. So another thing I noted here was probably the track nerds want to know, like, what is your favorite kind of workout and what's your weekly mileage up to? Okay, so my bread and butter is like eight times 200 in 28 seconds. Like, it's just exactly like, I don't know, it just fits for me the best um, and it feels super good. And my weekly mileage, oh gosh, um, 20 25, very low. Um, I mean, I might get into the 30s during like kind of a more distance, like in the off season, um, in the fall. But yeah, I do not do a lot of miles, especially right now. <laughs> yeah, and right now, what percentage of that would you say is on the treadmill? Um, depending on the week, it could be all of it. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, most of my time on the track has been races, so that's kind of why I've been racing so much. Is like that helps gets me in shape. Um, but I pretty much, we stayed on the treadmill a lot this season, which has been fine. Sometimes getting on the indoor track and the tight turns and the spikes, like it doesn't feel too good. Um, and I can just do, my treadmill goes four minute mile pace. So I can do a lot of things on there. Week of the 800 record, how much of that was on the treadmill? I think all of it. I don't, wow. I don't think, yeah. I mean, we really didn't have any reason to go to the track. Like we only really go if we needed to. Um, but I was just doing, I was tapering a lot for that race, doing a lot of easy miles. And I wasn't, um, the week before that I got sick. And so I wasn't physically, I was unsure if I was physically like 100%. So we really kept it uh, low that week, yeah. It's crazy because like I hear about this all the time from people after they break records or like have these major performances that like it comes at a time when they're feeling very crappy on mm -hmm. the warm-up or like mm -hmm. they've been sick for a couple days leading up to it and then something just clicks and magic happens. Well, how do you explain that magic of that day? I don't know. I mean, I think like I just remember that whole week. I mean, I had a lot of schoolwork and my mind was just foggy and I couldn't even like think straight. Like I was hardly even thinking about the race and I was so relaxed and I think I had pretty low expectations too and I was just like, well, you have nothing to lose. If you don't do well, you don't do well. You can get up, you can get back from this. So, um, but I think, yeah, I don't know how to explain it. I just think I was pretty relaxed going into that race um, and I didn't put a lot of pressure on myself. And so I think that's why it went so well. How do you look at the two minute barrier? Because for, in so many different aspects of track and field where like it just, once it gets to be a round number, it could be four minutes for the mile, five minutes for a mile. It, mentally also becomes a block sometimes mm -hmm. where it's like oh this is really tough and i i have to find a way and because like a pr can be by a little and that's the difference it also mm -hmm. you know is two flat and 159 how are you tackling that that mental part of two minutes 
Yeah, I mean, it's definitely like, I've definitely thought about it a lot, but I have to tell myself, like, you can't put pressure on yourself to break it. Like, it's just one of those things, when it happens, it's gonna happen. And last year, that number was 2025, and I was trying to run that time, and I just, like, I put so much pressure on myself to get it, and all I was thinking about was the time, and it, it was hard, and I ended up getting it, but it, there's a lot of ups and downs to get there, and so I think with two minutes, like, I just can't put pressure on myself, because obviously it's a really challenging time to get. Um, not that many people have run 159 so I think I just have to like focus on racing and enjoy having fun and just know that it'll come um, when it's gonna come you know when you look at the all-time 800 list now with your name at the top Sophia right behind you Juliet right behind her and the names after that it's a thing Mo and and uh, Sammy uh, Watson Ajay Wilson, they've all gone on to have professional careers and, and do some really awesome things. Mary Decker, and you're at the top of that list. Has that settled in yet? <laughs> I mean, it's, it's, it's just surreal. Um, but I think everyone has different journeys with track, and so you can't like assume, okay, just because I've done too flat doesn't automatically like qualify me for like a pro career. So it's just like, and I think things are different now. Like I like having Juliet and Sophia, like those women didn't have that. Like they didn't have two other women that were pushing them. And it's just really special that I've been able to have that. Um, but I think I just got to stay focused on my path and like um, keep going step by step and not get too far ahead of myself because there's a lot of things um, that those women have accomplished later that I have not done yet. So I've got uh, a couple fun questions here to kind of just end. Uh, I would say, like, what advice would you have for your younger self? But since you're so young, I guess what advice would you have for freshman year you, like, in, in terms of just going about the rest of your high school career? I think just, like, have confidence in myself. Like, I was very timid, and I didn't want to, like, you know, I surprised myself in those races, but I should have just, like, known that I belonged. Um, and I think it would have saved me um, <laughs> some bad days if I had just, like, a little bit more confident in myself and just, like, to put myself out there and know that I belonged there. Um, and I, you know, there was, like, races where I lined up and I lost them before the gun even went off because I didn't believe that I was capable of doing things. So um, I think just, like, and to have fun with it, too. I mean, I think I did, but there was days where, like, the nerves got to me and so I didn't have a great performance and I could have saved that by just being a little bit more relaxed and just believing in myself. What's the best thing that you do to take care of yourself to stay healthy? Um, I get a lot of sleep. Um, oh, I'm very big on rest. Like, I definitely put rest first. Like, if I'm tired, like, I'm going to take a nap. Um, I don't like if, like, after a hard workout, like, I don't go out with friends. Like, I just need to stay home. Um, and my parents are like that, too. Like, we're definitely very, like, for people who, like, are very active, we're, like, the laziest people in the world. <laughs> so, um, and even, like, with running, too, like, if I'm not feeling well, like, I'm just, like, rest first like I don't need to put myself do this really hard workout and risk just like burning myself out for the race so rest first always I did ask Sophia what is your bedtime um it depends I would say 9 30 to 10 probably 10 average um but I definitely like to be asleep early do you want to know what Sophia's bedtime is it's really late isn't it it's 12 or 1 <laughs> <laughs> 
Okay, well, that's not me. So <laughs> we work, I am a morning person. So um, I, I wake up at like 5, 35, 40 every morning. So. Awesome. Um, what's the best advice you've ever received from a coach? Um, comparison is a thief of joy. I definitely use it a lot because in track you're always comparing people um, and times, but I think the best thing that I've been able to do is just focus on my own path. Um, so yeah, my mom told me that. What's one piece of running tech that you can't live without? Uh, my AirPods. <laughs> uh, what are you reading right now? Am I reading? Oh, I think I'm reading a book from my history class about World War II. Okay. So, so yeah, it's called All the Light um, We Cannot See. I don't okay. know. It's a history book. <laughs> what would what, you decide to major in? Um, I'm going in undecided. Okay. Yeah. Sweet. That's awesome. Then you get to just kind of dabble and then eventually pick what you like. That's mm -hmm. great. Um, oh, yeah. If you could go out and run anywhere in the world, with anyone from history, assuming they could hold a nice conversational place in here. They don't have to be a runner. They could be a celebrity. They could be even an imaginary character like Harry Potter. Uh, where would the run take place and who would it be with? This is a really complicated question to answer in a short amount of time. Um, I don't know. I would love to run somewhere like in rural Italy. Like I feel like that would be super pretty. And who would I want to run with? Um, I don't know. This is just a running, me as like a running fan. This is the only thing that comes to mind. I would just like love to talk to Sydney McLaughlin. Like that's like my, I know there's like all these people, but that's the only thing that comes to mind just running's on the mind right now. Um, but maybe I can think of a historical person later. <laughs> She's here this weekend. I she think. is? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, Roisin, thank you so much for doing this. I appreciate it. Yeah, thank you so much. The Sidious Mac Podcast is a production of the Sidious Mac Podcast Network. It is produced and edited by Mike Serzolo. Did you enjoy this episode enough to dish out a couple bucks? Support Sidious Mag by pledging any dollar amount over on patreon.com slash Mag to join our loyal legion of backers who keep this show going strong. If you're on your phone right now, you can also open up the Venmo app and hit us with a one-time donation to at Mag. We've also got merch over on SidiousMag.com. Any way you can show your support goes a long way. Thanks for listening. I've been your host, Chris Chavez, wishing you some happy and healthy running. Legs are feeling good. See you next time.